Hi, I'm Misty Winkler. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Podcast. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Podcast, where we talk about living life together cheerfully for God's glory rather than our own. At this point, we are probably all in over our heads with back to school. We've had a chance to plan and put those plans into practice. And if you're anything like me, reality has not matched your plans very well. That's totally normal. And as we troubleshoot those situations, we need to be sure that we're checking our expectations. What did we think, really, that it was going to be like? Did we expect the new school year to start not only with brand new habits that have magically appeared, but really with brand new people? Did we think that we would come to this school year as brand new people ourselves, or that our children would come to this school year somehow magically better students? Becoming better students, better learners, better teachers is a process that happens over time. It takes love love of God, love of one another, and love of the world. All of our lessons should be building us up in love. That's why this year's Scully Sisters Retreat's topic is love, Loving Well 2020, with Karen Glass as our special speaker. Each of the Scully Sisters, myself, Pam Barnhill, Abby Wall, and Brandy Vensel, will be speaking on a different aspect of love in our homeschool. Because as Augustine taught us, education is ordo amoris. It is teaching ourselves and our children to care, to love what they ought to love. But what does that look like in real life? Today's episode will explore what ordo amoris looks like in a real average homeschool day. Let's dig in. Ordo Amoris in Real Life, Making Kids Care. The math page looms, but I don't want to, the child moans. The book awaits, but I don't like it, the child whines. Maybe you start off homeschooling with grand visions and high hopes. Maybe you change your approach and your style and think that that will fix the bad days and the bad attitudes. It turns out that even in spite of best laid plans, principles, and practices, we're teaching real children. They don't always like what they should. They don't always want the true, good, and beautiful. Sometimes, oftentimes, they even complain. What's a homeschool mom to do? Maybe you spot it in the sloppy work or the size and the slouching. Often the children are not reluctant to voice their opposition. They don't like the book. They hate fractions. They don't want to write an A that way. And then you come upon those inspiring quotes at the end of a bad day. The question is not, how much does the youth know when he has finished his education, but how much does he care? And about how many orders of things does he care? Charlotte Mason. And then you know you're in trouble because your child is certain he doesn't care. Not one bit. In fact, maybe just that morning he muttered or even exclaimed, I hate nature walks. True story. It happens. Have I failed? Is it time to give up? 
No, not yet. I haven't failed. I just know what my task is right now. As both the mother and the teacher, it is our job to make our kids care. Our job isn't to help them pass tests or memorize facts or check boxes. Our job is to make them care. C.S. Lewis, Augustine, and Aristotle all tell us it is so. C.S. Lewis writes, St. Augustine defines virtue as ordo amoris, the ordinate condition of the affections, in which every object is accorded that kind and degree of love which is appropriate to it. Aristotle says that the aim of education is to make the pupil like and dislike what he ought. It's our aim. It's our job, not a byproduct we hope for, but what we are trying to do. And it's oh so much harder than checking boxes, isn't it? Lewis goes on to say, The little human animal will not at first have the right responses. It must be trained to feel pleasure, liking, disgust, and hatred at those things which are really pleasant, likable, disgusting, and hateful. So, ordo amoris sounds manipulative. How can we control their emotional responses to their work? If that's our job, how do we go about it? Our usual mode of response is typically all backward. If they're supposed to care, we tailor their schoolwork to be what they already care about, what they already enjoy. That's not training. That's not ordo amoris. Our job is not to make their school days pleasant at all costs. Our job is to ensure at the end of their education, that they love and care for the right things, that they admire what is admirable and find pleasure in what is truly pleasant. If left to themselves to menu plan, a child would likely consume 10 times the amount of sugar he should. It's the same with time and interests. That's why they need ordo amoris. Our job isn't to make sure he gets the nutrients vegetables provide, although those are important. Our job is to educate his tastes, to teach him to enjoy vegetables because they are objectively good food, whether he currently likes them or not. After all, someday he will feed himself. Rather than forcing him to eat vegetables in order to get a dessert, where it is the dessert that is being loved, so that when he is older, he simply bypasses the veggies and goes straight for the dessert because he can. We train his palate and his stomach to want real whole food and to moderate sweets. We look not at what he likes right now, but at what he should like, and we help him take the next step from where he is to where he should be. It's the same with education of all sorts, of the mind, of the stomach, of the body. Those baby steps starting from where he is might not be enjoyable, pleasant, or full of interest and care, but after his tastes and habits have been trained with careful, persistent, consistent attention, he will reap a bountiful harvest. That he thinks math is interesting and not a necessary evil is our goal, but it's not our barometer. That he notices the world around him and finds it interesting is our goal. Therefore, we do not let him choose whether or not to make a nature journal entry today. In fact, if we let him choose whether or not he does something based on today's feelings, we're dooming him to shallow interests and a lifelong struggle with apathy. His education will not have taught him how to discipline his feelings and his responses to do what is good and right and true, rather than what he wants to do in the moment. 
What is true and good and beautiful and worthy takes time and attention to appreciate. Unless we hold that line and insist upon the right course, our children will not develop the taste or the interest. They will not learn to care. Just as we must learn to love what must be done, so do our children. Ordo Amoris takes work. Just as we must cease striving after what we are naturally inclined to do, so we must help our children do the same. The goal is not to develop an iron will that continually grits its teeth and eats gravel. Rather, we give up our momentary selfish desires and practice a godly desire by doing it, so that, eventually, we find the desire for the good and right and beautiful springs up of its own accord. It comes as the fruit of cultivation. It's our job as parents to give our children that practice. We give them that practice by practicing it ourselves. We might not want to hold the line, to be consistent, to ensure the work is done and done well, but we do it like they will do it because it is the right thing to do. Don't let your child's frustrations, bad attitudes, or complaints rule the school day. Hold on until they are overcome. That's our goal. Hebrews 12, 11 says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If your child or yourself needs discipline, that's not failure. It's just what needs to be done today. So let's do it. If you want to hear more about Ordo Amoris, about love being at the heart of our homeschools and figuring out what that really looks like, then join Scolay Sisters for their 2020 retreat, Loving Well. After all, we want our days to be full of love and joy, but bad attitudes crop up so readily. If it's not the kids' bad attitudes, it's our own. We want our kids to remember us and our homeschool days positively, but we also need to make sure that they actually do their work. And getting that point across in nice mom voice doesn't seem to be working. We want our kids to love learning, but we don't see that happening right now. What's broken? Isn't it all supposed to be enjoyable all the time? We do love our kids, but sometimes being around each other all day, every day, isn't making feeling or expressing that love easy. You know that your kids do love you and that you love them, but it doesn't seem to be what comes out during math lessons. We love the idea of homeschooling, but loving the day-to-day is a different story. How do we reconcile love and a work ethic? How do we get things done and do the work well while also having fun and enjoying our kids. Love can be found in hard work, bad days, and false starts. Love doesn't have to be pampered into existence. Real love is stronger, tougher, and bigger than anyone's transient emotions or momentary wins. We need to make sure that our definitions and expectations surrounding love are true, not shaped by the world and its lies. Love grows best in the midst of a full, real life, as long as love for God, wisdom, and others drives us to more than self-love. Love is patient during math lessons. Love is kind when tired. 
Love is not arrogant or rude, even when others are ignorant or stubborn. Love does not insist on its own way, even if it was a good idea. Love rejoices with the truth. Join Scolay sisters for a day spent on meditating on these truths, thinking deeply, and applying these ideas faithfully to real life. October 10, 2020 is our day set aside to dig deep into loving well as homeschool moms. This retreat will build your skills and feed your soul. Go to scolaysisters.com slash love to register today. That's scolaysisters.com slash love.